DJ Bedroom, put your main girl counting sheep. Hashtag. I was the Foley artist trying to add some, like, because, like, I'm. It was such a I was just like, no, no, no. I'm actually too lazy to put in sound effects, so I figured I'd do that shit now. First, you were like, bad. Wait, is this actually a shit? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I uh, I interrupted your introduction. Please I think continue. I'm done, I'm done. Are you I done? can't talk about Sorry, yeah, my yeah, bad, my yeah, bad. Yeah. All right, well, I am T-Bone, a.k.a. DJ Cashless, a.k.a. DJ Friendzone, a.k.a. The Spicy the Rice. The Spicy Rice, which I, I really do like that. Tastes twice as nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm bringing this I, shit today. I feel today. like I'm breaking the microphone. Yeah, probably. It doesn't oh, matter. It's shit. all good. Okay. <laughs> I'm a bit worried. Yeah, so sorry, folks, if uh, you're... Your headphones explode. We've we've the, changed the studio. We've yeah. moved stuff in the studio. That's right. The that's right. Something like that. <laughs> Basically, we've moved the microphone <laughs> of a foot in front of us. Exactly. Instead, as of opposed to why did we ever put it there? That was so silly. Like we used to put it to either side of us. Yeah, I know. I think this is probably. I'm hoping this is better. This would definitely make more sense. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Yo, we're we're back. It's been. Two weeks since our last episode, the controversial episode. Yes. The episode where we were like, people are going to stop listening. And yes, people have stopped listening because our ratings have plummeted. (laughs) But it also could have been because people have just stopped listening. Yes, it could also be that. But I'm going to like, I'm going to be like, no, I'm a shock jock, bro. I'm a shock jock, you you know. You tell it like it is, bro. Yeah, man. I'm like Stan Zamanik. Rest in peace. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Oh, okay, fair yeah. To international listeners, old Australian shock jock, yes. real terrible dude. Yes, a um, human being. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So even like our ratings have plummeted. <laughs> to let's just put it this way: our first episode yeah. has like 270 plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our last episode has 47 plays. Wow. wow. But the episode before that had like 77 plays. Which, which, I, which so something's means... happened yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> 30 people. So maybe... Have either of us hit the headlines for something that's really controversial? No, I can't say I've done anything different. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no. I can't say, no. I well, I mean, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're just not... I don't, maybe maybe everybody's listening to Scott and Genji's podcast oh, instead. Oh, that's true. That's true. Because like, yeah, I mean they they've got a stable base. Like, while stars just keep shrinking and shrinking <laughs> from the initial highs to the. You know what? I'm, I'm kind of tired. Of. You know when people are like, "Oh, there's a podcast going," and you're like, "Yeah, good," and then they're like, "I need to catch up." Yeah. Oh my Stop god. Stop saying that, man. Just 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 say, "Oh, yeah, how's the podcast going?" and stop it there. Because I really don't think you're going to catch up if you're like five behind. That's yeah. five hours. Yeah, and most of you are at twenty behind, so yeah. it's not really. You're not going to like it's yeah, like yeah. it's okay like I, I've actually gone 
to the point where I actually specifically, when I talk to people about it, I target them and say, "Can you listen to this episode?" Oh, because right, I'd right, like right, right. Like on which it. ones? Like which so, I mean, like the last one. I've, yeah, I, I, yeah. I we got to talk about that. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but keep going. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, actually saying, "Oh, look, I think this one is something that you would listen to." Mm. That way, at least we're not setting up some sort of ridiculous, you know. Yeah, uh, I guess it is like a big ask to go listen to every single episode. Like, and it's yeah, and when and when not the quality of the read or anything, so the yeah, entertainment yeah, yeah. value is exactly super high. I was told today that like the, this this friend of mine, she actually prefers like the lighter, the lighter flavored episodes, the ones where we aren't so. In, in the weeds, as they say. Oh, good. But, oh, well. <laughs> oh, good. Well, well, I mean... We look forward to disappointing know. them on this occasion. I, don't, I think we struggle to, like, be funny on purpose. Like, it either comes naturally or it doesn't. That's you know, the thing. I think, I, and, like, know. I mean, like, yeah, and I do appreciate Despite the, my comedy chops. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Despite my have, five minutes of comedy we have a stand, chops. We have a, 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 a semi-professional stand-up comedian in no, the Not house. as yet. I still The check's still in the mail. So. Oh, you haven't been paid yet? <laughs> No. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> Yo, but there, I have been offered a gig with payment. Oh, nice. Yeah, so technically, there you go. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. So once, so once you are, I, I, I told the person, yo, I'd do it for free just so that I can say I'm semi-professional. <laughs> <laughs> It was really funny. My dad the other day goes, all this comedy stuff you're going to, are you making any money? I just laughed and walked out the door. <laughs> I think I think even even a, even a professional comedian would have the same reaction. I know I know Amir Rahman once posted like Amir does like tours of the states and stuff and like there was one text from his baba and it said, "So how what is this doing for you financially?" And then like Amir just posted it with ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Nothing, absolutely nothing. Hard life, man. Hard life. But yeah, look, last week's episode. For Mm. those of you who haven't listened, and who knows, maybe some people will hear this and then go back and listen to it. One, one would hope. Those thirty people who didn't listen. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Because on average, you have seventy listens, and to see forty is like what? But anyway. um, Yeah. So basically, we talked about. Something I heard on the radio, just talking about, like, uh, you know, certain women of colour comedians making, like, jokes. Not jokes, but, like, kind of suggesting a superiority to, like, white guys, which kind of made me uncomfortable. Mm. Etc, etc. It's really interesting. I just told you before we pressed record today, I just saw the latest episode of Atlanta. Yes. And um, in it, there was quite a celebration of, like black love which made me very very happy it was a very well written episode mm. it was an episode where a man was like basically his his wife was like so glad that he was like unapologetically black yeah and like that was kind of awesome like mm. despite and and this is what we were talking about it like earlier it's like I, you rarely actually see like you know black people fuck on screen man like honestly on television you rarely see it yeah, it's you know? usually if I mean it may be an interracial scene. It's almost always an interracial scene, or just Caucasian. <laughs> you know? Yeah, or a Caucasian sex. guy and a black girl, yeah. or a blah 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 blah. So it was like kind of nice to see, like, like especially in response to what happened. I'm not going to spoil the episode, but like, yeah, yeah, I kind of already did. But like, you know, it man, if you're not watching Atlanta, I think we've said it like four or five times. Like, really, you should be watching. Absolutely, like, it is such a damn good show, right, Timo? Absolutely, freaking the best, man. Um, anyway, yeah. So, like, I, I, it, it was something I was pretty passionate about, and I mm. think that came out in the podcast. And a lot of people who spoke to me about it suggested the same. Um, 
I spoke to one friend and she was like, you know what? You really should have had the brown girl that cracked those jokes on the podcast and just questioned her directly. And I was like, yeah, that is a really good point. Shame I don't know her. Also, <laughs> thank God I don't know her. Um, <laughs> let's let's put a comedian on blast. Yeah. Their, also, know. also, I, like, yeah, like, you know. Then I spoke to another friend who's like a comedian and stuff, and he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, he had his reasons for thinking I was potentially like, like I potentially may have had a bias. Um, was it, were you, was it that you were blowing it out of proportion or that you had a, a bit bias? of that, a bit of that, but also like that as a man, like, yeah, that potentially I had a skewed kind of view of it right. potentially. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, maybe it was you know, a valid point. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like, um, that was the feedback I got. What about you? Did you? Uh, in terms of feedback, it was, uh, you have it's a very interesting point you make, and it was okay. all very very diplomatic. I was trying to tease it out of the 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 one person that I I managed to get it to listen to, but yeah. uh, guy or girl, girl, okay. And but they were being very very diplomatic about it. It was a case of yeah, I kind of get what you're saying, yeah, but at the same but... time, um, but at the same time, to uh, I think it. You're 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 probably taking it a bit too far in terms of the intent, like mm. in like where where she, where she may have been coming across as. Mm. Um, I just really enjoy. Maybe maybe it's a case of I just really enjoy his dick as opposed to the white dick, which is I okay, think okay okay that's I think a lot of people are concentrating on like the, the dick the, part the yeah fine. <laughs> um, the the dick part, <laughs> um, like they're concentrating. But what about the two dope queens component of it? Which right, for right, me right. was definitely. Was, I probably went on about one more than I did the other, but I think <clears throat> the two dope queens example yeah, was really yeah. what got me originally. Right. Kind of like like yeah what, that that whole exclusively yeah yeah. Dating so my car. my friend one of my mm. friends was definitely like yeah the two dope queens thing was wrong. Like, I was fucked up. Like mm. that was like kind of weird. Um, did your... Uh, yeah, she didn't really talk about She didn't differentiate. That. Yeah, 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 not okay. really. So maybe that was just missed in the, yeah. in the analysis. But, yeah. you know, it's, um, I don't know. What do you think? You're still right? I mean, I, I, I know, I think, I really analyzed myself afterwards and was kind of like, you know... Maybe I didn't articulate what I was really trying to say. Well, maybe I banged on about one person more than the other because one person, I guess, is more accessible in that mm. sense. Like, they're a local comic, etc., etc. So I felt more confident going in on that person harder, whilst the other two are, like, world famous. Um, right, 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 right. So maybe I was a bit more kind of... But, like, in hindsight, I wish I had spoken more about the two dope the queens, queens than the... Yeah. Because I think I can see totally how there's a lot of, like, gradient for change in the latter's joke. Because that white dick joke was like, okay, cool, that's fine. Like Maybe it was a one-off time. Yeah, it, I, it didn't feel... I, I think in hindsight, I was kind of like, maybe I blew that one out of proportion. But I definitely did not blow the two dope queens mm. out of proportion, I feel. Like, I feel mm. like that was weird and fucked up and kind of strange and kind of pandering. Right. I thought I thought it was really pandering and I think that's my concern that's the thing I don't like. I don't like the pandering um that 
that was occurring. I don't like the pedestal, like putting it sure. on a pedestal kind of thing, I guess. Maybe I'm just an insecure guy. Like, I'm very open. I'm probably am. Well, I mean, we're all insecure in some way, shape, or form, so... But maybe, it, you know, my, my conditioning has always told me that, like, white dudes are, like, better than me. And so, like, I'm always amazed if, like, somebody is even slightly into me kind of thing. Right, right, right. And also with the, you know, with, when white girls are into you, we've, we've all gone through that. Yeah, yeah, well. I mean, I, I'm definitely a lot better with that now. Yeah, I'm freaking 34 years old. But, like, I mean, there was definitely a phase in my life where I was like, oh, what, yeah. And, but we've talked about that quite a bit yeah. on this podcast before. Um, but yeah, look, I don't think... Yeah, I mean, a lot of people talk to me about it, and like I did like definitely take on board their advice and their critique, mm. etc., etc. Um, and I think that's all I really have to say about it, that yeah, I, I totally agree. I may have blown the local comics joke out of proportion, um, but I, I still totally disagree with the two dope queens and... The way they behaved in the presence mm. of, like, some guy. Some guy. Yeah, you know? Um, I thought that was that was kind of weird. And, I, and that's why I think watching that Atlanta episode today was, like, a perfect kind of antidote, antidote. to, kind of, because it was, like, such a celebration of, like, a guy being unapologetically black and being loved for it. Yeah. Like, I don't... Yeah, like, yo, that, I think that's what I'm kind of like, yo, where, where's the love for the unapologetically brown dudes? <laughs> where's the love for the unapologetically coloured people of colour? Like, you know what I right. mean? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Like, that's what I'm getting like at. Us. Like us. Like us. <laughs> like the hosts of the myths. <laughs> Not to put too fine a point on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I you know, that, that said, there's a lot of media out there that does, like, articulate our, like, these views mm. far better than we do, so... Maybe subscribe to that stuff. <laughs> things like things like Brown Girl Magazine. I read a lot of Brown Girl Magazine. Yeah. It's like a Facebook page. They do great stuff, man. They're like really interesting. I posted something from them on the page recently. Uh, like, ah, yeah, yeah. The Mindy Kaling thing. I've yeah. always found Mindy so problematic, man. Like seriously. Yeah. I always have. Like yeah. at the same time, I'm proud she's out there and shit. But I'm always also. I never liked the Mindy project. I thought it was crap. I gave it all the chances I could, but I just couldn't get into it. It's um, yeah. It just wasn't funny. Yeah. And it was also very yeah, the 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 need for the white boy was Oh, just so weird. Mm. So weird. Also she's annoying in that show. Yeah. Um also I just wanna say this, make this official out there. Um Atlanta is a better show than Master of None. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't know that was even a point of contention. Well, that's the thing. I feel everybody bangs on about one, but does not watch the other. Well, When yes. the other is a supremely better show. Well, okay, okay, okay. I think, but I think there's many fact. Well, what? One, major, one what? major factor to that is the race component. What? What does that have to do with it? Yeah, wait, what? What? I don't understand. The race component. I'm talking about the fact that one, you've got a, a brown dude and an Asian dude, right, as in the lead, whereas you have just black people, right? Yeah. Now, you're saying they're not comparable shows. They're both comedies. No, 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 they're both comedies. I'm just saying in terms of in terms of their quote unquote popularity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Demographically speaking, yeah. Atlanta speaks to black people. Sure. Whereas Master of None speaks to Diaspora, anything. A, yeah. A, a greater a greater populace in terms of and different cultures. Right? So if you're looking at it from a connection point of view or, you know, a uh, a relatability point of view, 
Mm. Master of None. Is it's easy. E- definitely it's easier to swallow. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. And that's yeah, what. But that's what makes it. Hell. But that no. But that's the thing. That's what makes it palatable. That's what makes it popular. Whereas Atlanta is a smarter show, though. Like oh, way smarter. Like no, a no. million times smarter. No doubt. But yeah. not everyone can appreciate smarts. People need to appreciate smarts. They should be watching Atlanta and not be going on about mm, pasta. No. <laughs> No! Oh, God. Mm. Yeah. Swag coach. <laughs> Fuck off. So over it. Anyway, we do, believe it or not, guys, we actually have a topic for today. Yes, we do. Um, but yeah, that's the banter over. Um, we have, like, um, so last week I, I kind of, like, <laughs> had a cathartic moment yes. where T-Bone kind of birthed my catharsis. And we might be role reversing today, I think, yeah, right? Today. You, got, you got something you want to you want to get off your chest? Ah, uh, today. Well, what today, happened? What well, happened? I don't know. Like I've just been been saturated with bullshit media, specifically relating to the American election, which right. I can't get away from, no, even if can't. I tried. Like, oh. like you know, even like the majority of whatever I've liked on Facebook is talking mm. about that shit. Mm. You know, American media is talking about it. Australian media is mm. talking about it. You cannot physically get away from it. What? And as a result, you're forced to listen to the bullshit that's that's being flung left, right and centre now. But, you know, what, what, what is striking and what a lot of commentators, a lot of the public are saying is that okay, we have a choice between... well. Americans have a choice between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, mm. right? Mm. And they're complaining about both. Mm. Both are shit in their own way. Mm. One is worse than the other. Mm. Let's not mince words on that. Mm. You cannot mince. mince. The alternative is still shit. And there is no alternative. Right? Well, I mean, no, no. I mean, like no, the thing is, you've only got two options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the I believe they call that by. Bipartisan politics—is that what bipartisan? No, no, bipartisan politics is more about um, two-party system. Two-party system. Yeah, yeah bipartisan yeah. politics is more about um, get the, two parties one, getting one, along. Yeah, 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 yeah on yeah. A, on a particular issue. Right, right, right. Uh, but like in a two-party system, there is there is only two choices, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and um, and yeah, they're both terrible choices, mm-hmm. and and it just got me thinking about like the idea of you know. The broader topic, which I wanted to talk about, which is leadership. Right now, just looking at looking at it, not not only America, Australia, mm. everywhere in the world, mm. we're just plagued with shit leaders, mm. like leaders that are either like the best that we can hope for in most democracies. Mm. is the idea of a leader that doesn't fuck most people over. Mm. Like, it's, there's, uh, or it's just a case of, you know, as long as they don't do something horrible to destroy the economy or marginalize any particular group or whatever, right? Mm. For for their own political ends, mm. they're, a, they're a decent leader. Mm-hmm. And it's just this, yeah, it's just a sea of mediocrity. And mm. for me, I just wanted to kind of, uh, the main question I wanted to to ask was why why is it that we don't have 
any current examples of great leaders. Well, I, it sounds like you're specifically talking political leaders. Well, but yeah, okay, and and that's fair enough. I I, I will I will focus on political leaders, mm. but and the other thing I wanted to talk about was just any leaders that you have personally experienced in your own life that you can point to and say, I felt like I could follow their direction. And that I'm, I'm not talking about political. I, I'm talking about in any aspect, whether it be even in work or whatever. Oh, okay, right? even on a micro level. Absolutely, okay, micro yeah. level, right? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, like, you know, I'm using the umbrella term leadership, and leadership mm. can be in any, any way, shape, or form. Mm. But, like, um, I was just listening to a podcast earlier, mm. um, the Politically Reactive mm. with um, Harry, Harry and Kamal. Yeah. And... Um, and one of the uh, one of the um, speakers whose name again escapes me, but she's from the the Green Party, which is in America the on the only other alternative that you can vote for. Mm. And she was basically, I mean, she was basically advocating for the fact that there is a need for a third party, or at least mm. the, in a democracy, there should be multiple options. That's mm. the whole point of a freaking democracy, right? Mm. I agree Whereas that, there's yeah. a Whereas it's a two-party system, which yeah. is more or less, you know, in the the same thing, different color, kind of. Yeah, thing, and yeah. it's and it's and it's They're both centrist. Yeah, yes, unfortunately, yeah. using a Trump terminology, it's rigged, right? Which <laughs> <laughs> is sad because mm-hmm. it's it's appropriate. Yeah. Um, and and basically, and one of the quotes she said was that like, the lesser of two, like a choice between the lesser of two evils, means you're still left with evil yeah, as word. a choice. Word word. And. And and then we need to kind of just accept that on a pragmatic level, mm. because there's nothing, nothing else for us to choose between. Right. And we just have to take it, you know, you know, take it on the chin and just kind of okay, well, shrug our shoulders. This is what we got, mm. and just kind of just roll with it. And we don't, and and just just take it lying down, and you know. Whereas, you know, how many times in our recent past have we actually gone, gone and and said I'm so confident in voting for somebody mm. that, yeah, that who, you know, who who actually seems like they know what they're talking about and inspires mm. some sort of confidence in the future mm. that, you know, that I'm not going to be. Um, I'm not going to be compromising everything that I believe in just to make sure that some other psychotic fuckwit mm. doesn't take the reins of power, mm. right? Yeah. And I mean, even in in our in our in the Australian elections, I mean, the choice between Malcolm Turnbull and Bill Shorten. Oh, thank God you knew his name because I didn't. <laughs> is is essentially, it's you know, it's not like the Labor Party hasn't been completely abhorrent to the refugee situation they've actually further exacerbated all of the suffering that they're going mm. through the lab- and but labor is the only party that a migrant technically can and should be voting for well, people can vote for whoever they want they can yeah, no yeah. But, but what i'm saying is yeah. that you know on that on their on an ideological I think basis the liberal party has a very strong immigrant Oh, it does. Um, yeah. It does. Especially now, amongst brown people. Yeah, but and and I'm obviously probably talking about you know from the Im- from the immigration wave. Yeah, yeah. 
it always yeah, was, like, it was like African Americans traditionally vote Democratic, exactly. Immigrant families traditionally vote Labour. You know, Labour, so, yeah, yeah, purely because you know they're yeah. they're riding the highs from the the Keating Hawke era yeah, yeah, of yeah, immigration. So, yeah. um, but uh, and then obviously they've got the Liberal Party, who is you know the are conservatives. Mm. They are uh, you know for themselves. No different and, to like conservatives or yeah, right, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so a choice between those two. Mm. Is is a shit option anyway? Mm. Um, we have incredibly uninspiring leaders. Well, you know, you could argue Turnbull's probably more inspiring than Shorten, but there's there's no, you know, there's there's no confidence in their leadership. Yeah. And yes, we are dealing. Why? With- why do you? Like, I know what. Okay. Um, why do you feel like there's no? Why do they not inspire you? Well. Apart from the fact, well, I mean, in terms of just because there are a lot of women who would say that they're really inspired by Hillary Clinton. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But and and you know, being the first woman president obviously mm. is is something to to invoke some sort of inspiration. But I mm. think for in the case of Hillary Clinton, mm. she's such a calculated. I mean, she she's the best of what she does because. Uh, she, one, she knows how the system works, and but she also works the system, mm. and the system is corrupt, which means that she knows how to get the money from the people that need to do, you know, need to. Oh, I mean, she's, she's a puppet, etc., etc. Let's look at despite her connections to Wall Street, and like to you and me, sure, she isn't like a saint, mm. but it is still a big deal that she's a woman who's potentially going to be the most powerful person in the world true you know and that that for some is enough to be because like if she becomes president i'm pretty sure she will 30 to 40 years from now she will be like a thing of folklore like you know what i mean like she she will be perhaps in the same way we the way we look at the Abraham Lincolns and stuff like that i know in some capacity she will be looked at that way too true and and i think an important point to that is, I, I think back to when Barack Obama became president. Yeah, that was actually going to be my question. Yeah. Like you were saying that nothing inspired you. Would you? I'm. Sh- I think we were all caught up in Barack fever, man. I, like, I, I know will, I was. I will freely admit when I heard that 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 Barack um, became president. I remember I was in in the in the old office in my old um, in my old life, mm. and. And I'd actually, I was just live streaming it on the computer. Yeah, I think we all were doing something yeah, to always yeah. find out what was going on. I, I remember people saying to me, like, they went from... I, I do think his election kind of was an amazing PR job for the US. Because mm. I know prior to that, so many people who had zero interest in ever going to the US of A. And then all of a sudden were like, I'd like to visit. And, like, just things like that. I know that's Absolutely. really basic kind yeah, of... Yeah something derived from that but like you know it he's an inspiring charming guy charismatic really well like really really like great orator like he's a freaking amazing politician I, I do think like he's an amazing leader man like i don't agree with a lot of the stuff he does i'm not gonna lie mm-hmm. i do think he did the best job he could maybe he wasn't mm-hmm. liberal enough for me but i don't think i think he did uh, he, he's probably the most liberal president that they'll ever have. 
I'd prefer that we talked about American politics because I just cannot engage <laughs> okay, with Australian politics at all. Like, fair I don't enough. know anything about uh, it. Yeah, we can focus on yeah, that. Yeah, so my bad. My bad, guys. I know it seems really bad, but for me, Australian politics, like, it's just, just the same white guy. Right. Like, it's, you know, it makes no difference. But, like, yeah. And, okay, yeah. okay. And and I guess that that's that's kind of what, like, you know, and, and at the same time, I remember mm. listening to his inaugural speech and mm. going, and, and, and actually, I think that was a lot. Sadly, it was probably the last time I felt a sense of hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's to, and to which quote is a slogan. Yeah. yeah, I know, absolutely. And yeah. but but it was also and it's also a depressing fact that that was the last time mm. I really felt like oh things might actually get better. Mm. I think in his in his last last term, he's mm. he's definitely showed. You know, because he has yeah, because he's been, he's at the tail end, yeah, he's yeah, actually yeah. shown. What a real politician he yeah. could have been, and yeah. I, and I think a lot of people are basically mm. saying, "Man, mm. we have just lost mm. potentially one of the best presidents mm. we've ever had." Mm. We're focusing a great deal on political leadership, here. yeah, politicians specifically. Sure. Can I? Can you name for me some people you think were great leaders of the past? Somebody that you wish that you could see a reincarnation of, kind of thing. And actually, it has to do with. Um, with an article that I actually did read up on, mm. um, and it was from uh, from the um, conversation. Mm. Uh, we're talking about you know. That's an Australian publication. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, that's one Chris was talking about. Um, yeah. And and it's yeah. it's talking about it. Well, the question was: Is political leadership today um, especially bad? Right. And they were arguing that that you know Nelson Mandela was probably the last great leader who happened to be the right man at the right time mm. for South okay. Africa. Again, a man who was an activist before he was a politician. Sure. Okay, keep going. Um, and and basically because of, obviously because of his life journey, mm. um, he had uh, he had the respect of his people who mm. could then, you know, and, and then, you know, using... Using his 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 power and influence, but a man who is a politician, mm. strictly a politician, and like in the quintess quintessence of being a political leader, became one in the latter stages of his life. Came right. out of prison, became president or prime minister. I don't know what they call it over there mm. of South Africa. Prior to that, he was an activist and he was in jail. Yes. So he was actually outside of the system, is what I'm trying to get at. He started outside of the yeah, system. Yeah, and his infamy, the genesis of which was from outside of the system. Sure. He wasn't a, a rah-rah politician. Mm. He didn't play politics. Sure, okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Who, who else do you think? Um, like? Again, you can go the, the MLK and Malcolm X. Again, not Outside of the system. Yeah. True, very true. And so they were... The great activists. Um, now, um, another thing this article brought out was that if you if you go back to say Winston Churchill, to take away the situation that they were in. So, for example, oh, okay. obviously Churchill was was a great leader during World War Two. Now, yeah. the only so basically due to his circumstance, yeah. he was he was almost forced into a position where he had to step up and become, you know. Uh, very much the um, uh, aggressor. Ag well, not only a, an aggressor, but he had to uh, he had to show 
all of the ideals of leadership, you know, the yeah. strength and courage and, uh, you know, conviction yeah. and, um, you know, he had to show all of those qualities for him to become, you know, the leader that Britain needed to get them through the war. So, mm-hmm. he, so what they were arguing was is that it's actually only situationally that forces a politician, which Churchill was through and mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. into a position where they can actually show true leadership. The mm-hmm. other uh, example was um, the Franklin Delano Roosevelt. George W. Bush. <laughs> well, so, I mean, we laugh, but some people definitely do see him as the guy that helped America through a very dark chapter in its history. I think, like, history paints political leaders, like, politician leaders, I Mm. feel, are a different thing. Politician leaders a certain way. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, Okay. John Howard is a hero in this country. An absolute hero. Untouchable on, almost. He is, like, the Reagan of this place, correct? That's a a fair statement, which is sad. Yeah, yeah, it is sad to you and me, sure. But like, but, but we're the losers in this yeah, equation. Yeah, yeah. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is there are the uh, the leaders that you've spoken of that you say are like the leaders worthy of like you know getting you out of your seat and rousing you to protest and whatnot. Mm. They aren't politicians. They're game changers who are external to the system often. So the ins- so don't look to politicians for inspiration. I hell no. That's a corrupt, dirty mm. game. I would never look that way for that. Um. For me, I look at the the Edward Snowdens, the Chelsea Mannings, mm. the to some de- not not exactly, but like freaking anonymous. Um, you know, like I mean, look, people don't agree with that. Look, their politics kind of align with mine, so I'm I'm like very pro that kind of thing. Well, anonymous is is one of those. Their politics are fluid, but as far as I, I mean, they're say. a splinter cell, right? Yeah, yeah, so please. like, um, but. Um, but yeah, so I don't think we should be... Like, I always say this, like, I don't think new change happens from old institutions. Right. Change happens by replacing old institutions, not... So the whole, you've got to be in the system to change it, man, is kind of... I don't know how much I believe in that, to be very honest with you. But, I mean, well, I mean, I, I like... I, and I've heard that too. Mm. And... But but the, that's the thing. The system is where the power lies for change. Oh, of course, of course, of the, course. The only alternative you can suggest is to bring down the system. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. would be the ideal. Yeah. But obviously, the logistics and the feasibility of which is highly suspect. Yes. Just because you and me can't think of it, doesn't mean it doesn't okay. exist. Okay. You mean the, the mean, ability to bring down the system? Yeah. I mean, just because you and I don't. I mean, like it, because our brains aren't, I guess we're just not smart enough to think of a, a way to do it, but like, Lenin was, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Karl Marx was. Yeah. Well, you I know, mean, Mr. Robot was, was. <laughs> like, you know, but, but I think that's, that's also, that's also tied into an ideology, which you need to create which is used to inspire, which then changes the people's minds, which then which was, creates change. Which was my statement. Like, sometimes if the institution is corrupt, which I believe politics mm. is, perhaps it needs to be replaced by something else. 
Okay. Like another ideology or anarchy or in the case of Mr. Robot, freaking bringing down capitalism or whatever the hell it... But the many million things that showed. Right. Um, you know what I mean? For me, that's kind of how I see it. I don't. That's which is probably why I don't connect with Australian politics at all because it's too close to home, and I don't think it makes a difference to me. It's just they're both centrist to me, so it makes no difference at all. This political position that maintains the status quo. Which is what? Which is what I think of vote. Like, I, don't get me wrong. If I was an American citizen who was voting, of course I'd be voting for Hillary. Um, but I do. I am the first to admit it's a vote for the status quo. You know, and which is why Trump is so popular. Because which is why Bernie was so popular. Because um, they were it was seen. The, it was the as, alternative. It's an alternative. They were seen this. as game changers, but mm. guys, outsiders, outsiders. Again, it boils down to the outsiders. Hillary is not trusted. Because by she's people an because she's seen as somebody who an insider, a person who plays a very a game that is mired with dirt. Like you know what I mean? Like that's how people see it. Yeah. And you know what? The people aren't wrong. They have they have their opinions for a reason. I I just think it's so easy sometimes to kind of like look at a populace and go stupid. We've got to ask why they vote the way they do, what circumstances it, and it's because be. they're unhappy yeah man and they're looking for an answer you know they're looking for an answer in the same way I mean T-Bone you and I are quite leftist people fair well, statement yeah and we're, we're looking for an answer too you know what I mean like you know like I mean that's probably why I was so like really into the idea of Bernie Sanders you know which is why we were really into the idea of Barack Obama mm-hmm. you know um but yeah, I, I, sorry, I think we digressed from the notion of leadership. One thing I was going to ask mm. was this. Um, you speak of leaders from the past. There's a particular nostalgia attached to that. We're talking about leaders from the 60s, Gandhi from the 40s, whoever. Like the, this, These times where a moral stand... Like you mentioned Churchill earlier mm. and stuff like that. A time... I just want to concentrate on the guys who are outside of the political system because Gandhi initially started off outside of the political system and then moved into it. Um, MLK was never really a politician, nor was Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. Um, guys who started outside, they kind of like tapped into a um, a sentiment that was that was right, and I think you know Black Lives Matters does that now as well. Sure. It taps into a sentiment that a lot of people can have consensus with. And they kind of build off of that, you know, because they're looking to make something right. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, back then, there was a lot of moral morality attached to those movements, and even now, obviously. Yeah. Um, certain ways of protest were developed. Like with Gandhi, there was like passive resistance. Same with MLK. Uh, Malcolm X had a different approach towards it. Um what I'm trying to say is back then I felt like I do think those struggles still exist today mm. and I do think the wars in inverted commas are still fought today um, and what I felt like you were suggesting is the wars aren't as fought as much today as they were back then and what I actually wanted to say was my point was whilst the wars still rage I just think the battlefields have changed incredibly. 
Okay. Does that make sense? I, I think, uh, when you say that there were more wars back then, I think the... I don't mean wars literally. Okay. Yeah. So you're, yeah. you're just talking about the... I'm talking about... ...ideological conflict. I mean, yeah, 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 that's what I mean. I didn't mean um, literally. My bad, guys. No, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I, I would actually... Yeah, look, I, I definitely agree on the idea that the, the battlefield has changed. I think mm-hmm. technology has been a huge influencer on on the battleground, which is now virtual. And, yeah. And there is far less... Like, whereas, you know, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, so on, during that time, your battle your battlefronts were physical battlefronts mm-hmm. where where, you know bodies are on the line I'm not saying they're not now yeah. but I'm saying that now we, we've gone into a war of ideas and a yeah. war of opinions yeah. where one everyone feels the need to voice theirs yeah. and and everyone feels that theirs is a legitimate yeah. and and then you know we can go on to the tangent of, of the idea of not having a discourse anymore but mm. um which is a separate topic. Yeah, it's a whole separate itself. topic. Yeah. But but I think... Um, yeah, I, I, I've got a feeling that in terms of the ideology, ideological battleground, I think the, the fact that we can all express an opinion is actually... like, And I think we've talked about it before, especially with, with the case of the US and Trump supporters. Yeah. It's brought out what has already existed yeah, yeah, yeah. and has given them a voice. I think mm. what Trump has done is managed to give them also some courage to mm. to to make the battleground mm. physical as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas before yeah. they were just But even yeah. But even more than just the virtual nature mm. of things, what I and I probably it's my bad because I probably phrased it so terribly. What I'm actually also referring to is basically this kind of um Okay, battlefield is definitely the wrong word. Um, what I was kind of referring to is that um, it goes back to this quote about the oppressor needing to have a conscience, and I think it's a Malcolm X quote okay. for passive resistance to work. The oppressor must Has have, to have a, a conscience, conscience, right? True, true. I think we've reached a point where the oppressor does not. That's and and has also seen tactics played out so much so in the past that a protest is simply a protest. It's not a it's not something that's disarming. It's they know they just need to wait it out. Things like that. Mm. I think that was one thing that we saw with the um, oh, Occupy Wall Occupy Street. Wall Street. Those guys and stuff like that. People realized that they could. Whilst that that movement was freaking hella cool, man. Like they were like totally killing it for like ages and stuff like that but then it just kind of just petered off I think I mean yeah. I'm not an expert in it so I don't really know and, and yeah and I, but it like, was just yeah it was just unfeasible I feel like like even like for a guy who's gone to so many protests even in Sydney like I do feel like and this is no shade thrown to all the people that protest and do mm. I, for me it's I do it quite a bit I've done it even quite recently um it just does feel like there's a social element to it like you just kind of do this thing and I don't know how much showing solidarity and stuff whilst the sentiment is wonderful it does nothing to actually change policy like we see it in the states where we see Black Lives Matter 
actually like really doing a very good job of that. Like yeah. I feel they're doing an amazing, amazing job. But like I see, I, and, and now I'm going to bring the, the the topic to Australia. I, I see things that like I don't I don't see any change really coming from so much that. I, I, I'm questioning whether protest does anything. I think you have to kind of somehow disengage from the system to somehow change things. And so this goes back to my battlefield kind of comment. What I was really trying to say was, like, the terrain is so understood by the oppressor and they know that they don't have to do much because people... Mm tire out or like they know that things just don't have the momentum to really change because I think we need a new form of protest which is why I appreciate Anonymous so much because they do it in a way that really disarms Mm. the like it it, like completely disarms takes away all the power from the institutions they target makes it impossible for them Um, which is what made civil disobedience of the 40s and the the late 40s so of South Asian civil disobedience, such a big thing. Like, it it shut down the Mm. system, dog. Like, you know, whilst the Gandhi Salt March was symbolic, it led to locals deciding not to buy British salt and therefore hurting hurting them, hurting their pockets. You know, I believe... I believe leadership, I believe change has to come outside of the system right now. I think... The battlefield needs to move, and needs to, new terrain needs to be fought on altogether, kind of thing. I don't mean any of this stuff literally, guys. I'm a pacifist, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, like, like I think you and I have had this. Kind, this is going to be controversial. Like, uh, you know, I, I was raised very uh, a Gandhian. I, I was a very strong Gandhian for a long time. I believed violence was not the answer, and etc. 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 But like. Over the last couple of years, I've been very sympathetic. Like, sometimes I've been like, some people don't have a choice. That they have to kind of respond with loud bangs. Like, I don't mean terrorism. That's freaking terrible. But, like, I mean, I don't... I just don't want to judge. Because, like, when you put anyone in a corner, they do fucked up shit. Push comes to shove. Yeah, man. Something's got to give. Yeah. You can't. You but can't. I don't. I don't justify violence, guys. Not justifying violence. The mince does not justify violence. T one, yes. you should say it too. Yes. A Z O. Yeah. Look, we don't want to freaking. Yes. A F P. Yeah. Um. No. I. No. I, I. I definitely agree with that. But. But at the same time, it's only. It's not even human nature. It's just nature. You, yeah, you, you paint as a, something as a species. We're just violent. Not on, not only that, but but I'm saying even in the animal kingdom, you you put you put some, you, it's it's fight or flight. Mm. It it really does come down to our baser instincts of. You're painted into a corner. You got two choices. You either run or you fight. You know, there's a book called All That Civil Disobedience Rubbish Will Get You Killed. Really, a friend of mine told me about it. She's meant to lend it to me. But it's written by... I think it's written in regards to, like, African-American resistance and yeah. Black Panther stuff. But it's, like, interesting, right? Like, how, like... It goes back to that Tanahasi thing as well. Tanahasi always says, why is it? Why is the onus always on us uh. to show compassion? Why, why is it always on the victim to show... Why do we have to rise above? And it's a really good point. I, I, I totally get that. But again, like, leadership coming from different areas. Tanahasi quotes to me is a leader. 
But he wouldn't take on that. Oh, he wouldn't, but when I read those words, he whips me into a frenzy and I am like, you know, I'm a brown panther. You know? You know what I mean? So I think there are leaders there. I just don't know if they exist in political systems. True. I think uh, Black Lives Matter as a movement has, has been very yeah. vocal about the fact yeah. that there is no actual uh, leadership as such, or at least a like figureheads that are, are put out there. They mm. are a movement. They they operate. I mean, there are people in jail, like Netta, right? Netta is in... She's, you know, she's yeah, one of those that, that's true. But there's no, but, like, but leader that's... There is no leader-leader, leader, right? But maybe that's what new leadership looks like. The collective. Yeah. I would hope that that can work, but I th- I think I'm just too, uh, too hardwired to really believe that a collective can operate as a coherent force in a movement to achieve change like but this is the thing you're thinking about old models of protest and resistance and maybe neo resistance doesn't look like that anymore because those old forms they've learned all the ways to resist like the power the oppressors have learned all the ways to kind of stifle that shit and now we need freaking like anarchy like splinter cell resistance we need the black lives matters we need the anonymouses do you feel me Maybe that's what it looks like. Maybe we're seeing the beginnings of the revolution. I, I can Tarius, tar, te, Wait, I'm going to say it probably. Terrier Square. The Tarria, people. Oh, Terrier Square, yeah. I yeah. say it properly, though. <laughs> Is that Terrier? That's if you're a white man. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe this is what we're seeing now. Maybe this is what leadership looks like in a world that knows how to end individualistic leadership. Or a system that knows how to oppress that. Because I, I look at, I look at dictatorial regimes mm. where actual, well, where, well, where shit gets done as so long as the dictator dictates. Like what? you got to give examples. Um... Oh, I mean, you look at um, obviously Saddam in Iraq. You've he's got a psycho, though. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying. <laughs> no, I'm not saying these are good examples. Right, I'm, right, just, saying, okay, I'm just calling right. them dictators. That's oh, yeah, what they yeah, are. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, King Arthur is a myth, right? Even the idea of King Arthur, the benevolent oh, was he a leader. Nice dude? Well, he was. He, oh, he was. No, he was. No. I mean, he was renowned for being a, benev- a benevolent leader, oh, like right, the great. Okay. You know, the the last great great king that is you know that was all um there are a lot of benevolent leaders outside of the west though who ashoka chanakya buddha i don't know buddha was not <laughs> buddha wouldn't be classified that he, he didn't He's a leader well no, no, but, he, but he didn't he didn't he didn't take it wasn't up royalty but anyway yeah keep going. But, but what i'm saying is yeah. that in terms of like that concept Mm. does not exist because, you know, your standard power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Mm. But they can actually get shit done. Like, if if you gave your Obamas mm. king-like powers to mm. get shit done, do you mm. think America would be better? But you can't... Inf- oh, I don't know. Can you enforce something on people like that? Is that morally sound? You know? I don't... I mean, American politics is so fucked up. Yeah. So, you know, is that really a fair example? But, like, but, I, yeah, I mean, you, uh, dictatorships don't really do that we're, it's almost like we're taught to say they don't work but do they 
Because, like, I'm sure you've seen that meme of Gaddafi, right? Mm. Where they're like, oh, Gaddafi was this and that and yeah. that. But then they list all the things he did for, like, Greater Africa and for Libya, where everybody had free education, where new home buyers were given a free freaking house. And, like, it sounded like this weird utopic kind of fantasy. And it's like, okay, like, what? But that's at a price. Yeah, it's at a price. You know, he was like, Somebody needs he was to a pretty price. bad dude. Like, yeah. you know. Like, even, even the, even Saddam. Mm. Peace. There was peace and prosperity in Iraq. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. He managed to yeah to oppress the Shia yeah, Shia yeah. populace. Yeah, that's the only way peace can exist. Mm. Is where somebody somebody is being suffers. Like somebody it's suffers. Like yeah. So, so in terms of and and again bringing it back to leadership, is that is that the price of peace? Is that somebody good suffers? Leadership? Oh shit. What, what, is the, what, what, is, what is the what is the ultimate goal in any, you know, uh, for any country? Is it to lead a peaceful, harmonious existence? Mm. And if, if that is at the price of the oppression of a certain populace, mm. is it worth it? No, that doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> that really doesn't sit well. Because I, I like, we, like, we could be that minority. You know oh, absolutely. I mean? Like, no, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right at all. Like, so, uh, so are we doomed as a civilization? So are you be... saying democracy is flawed and not, not a workable solution? I think it's a it's a work in progress still. Uh, I don't know. I don't I like. Yeah, there's. I mean, democracy goes more or less. I, I mean, like, yes, it, it's probably the only workable solution, but it still goes against human nature. What really? The idea of looking out for your own. That's... I would say that's individualistic capitalism, not democracy. Oh, you're talking about pure democracy. Yeah. As opposed to the current state of democracy. This isn't... I don't know. Democracy nowadays is, like, corrupted by oligarchical systems yes, and stuff like that. Absolutely. You know? which, is where, which is where my comparison... Yeah, lies. I'm talking about, like, textbook definition. Okay, shit. well... Yeah. I, yeah, I would say what we call now a democracy is actually just... It's not really that. It's no. just... It's just... Personally, I believe capitalism is in bed with it now. Oh, it just... Yeah, because, yeah. It, it, because it works and it's yeah. worked for... Well, I think... I I just... I'm worried that we're moving away from the... Yeah, yeah, we time. are. We are. Um, um, leadership, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to say yeah, the Yeah, we It felt like we de-digressed yeah, yeah. massively. Um, okay, okay. I, I knew I was about to go on a tangent that would... Project us into a different stratosphere of yeah kind okay of altogether. What okay the other the other bit that I wanted to talk about was mm. the idea of um, have you experienced leadership in your own personal life? Has there, there are been... people that have inspired me and have definitely definitely Gandhi. I think a lot of my, the you know a lot of my core beliefs come from that kind of. Um, although I'm not a Gandhian anymore. Um, definitely do come from like of what he achieved and mm. what he did etc etc um <coughs> Tanahasi Coates like totally inspires mm-hmm. me a look vid menon inspires me to like become like a better person like you know um yeah they're definitely like actors so, like i think but, you but, know, okay, I think but Chelsea uh, Manning's amazing sure but but now you're talking about inspirational figures yeah but i'm talking about I mean, I can definitely name people that I've worked with and that sort of thing, like, that that I can actually see their qualities as a leader in terms of intelligence and, 
you know, reasonableness and all of that sort of mm. thing. Mm. Um, and how's that different to being inspired though? Like, like you said that there were like the people I named, you said were inspirational figures. But I mean, like that that I guess you've had direct contact with is the other thing. Oh, you want, like, okay, so, oh, like, people that I've met and I've, mm. oh, like, no, I can't really think of anybody that's... Okay. Well, you know what? I take that back, you know? In my younger days when I was, like, involved in that hardcore, you know, religious mm-hmm. group, there were definitely some some leaders, youth leaders, they called them, that definitely were able to kind of get me up and about, like, you know who I'm talking about, I'm not going to name names, but they definitely kind of, like, got me active, and, like, definitely I did follow them into, like, whatever it was they were kind of, yeah, definitely. And and what, and what, and what, um, what about them, or what about how they were led, well, essentially added to that inspiration, was it, was it tied in with the the religiosity of the situation or was it a uh, case partially of the... but also I felt they walked the walk later I found okay. out they didn't and so <laughs> which right. probably has led to the situation that we're all in now okay. but like um, definitely kind of yeah I think that was kind of mixed up in it the walk the walk yeah walk the walk um, so there was some integrity behind yeah yeah I felt I felt that yes yep. yes okay yeah and then, but then eventually you saw them for their true colors. It was would be a fair assessment. I mean, true colors, but also I think I just don't know if I was about that life. Like, I don't know if I was really, if I wanted all of those things. I don't know. I think I was very young. I was very young. Not to disparage young people or anything like, or to suggest like mm. young people don't know any better. I, I as a person, <coughs> was quite impressionable back then. And, um, yeah, that was just me. I was really mm. impressionable, and I think... They weren't bad people or anything like that. They were just... And, and it, it was... A, I was a pseudo-vulnerable person back then. I was, like, kind of vulnerable, and, like... I guess, like, I was willing to listen. I was willing to... I was open to be inspired. Right. I guess. Um... Maybe maybe I'm more cynical now. I don't know. So so did it come from a position of being more vulnerable and being more open in that regard, in terms of like seeking direction? Was I mean, a it was of... a dark part of my life as well. Mm. To be very honest with you, um, I was looking for meaning. Right. I would say, yeah. I think it was like. I was looking for meaning and they looked like good role models, you know, at the time. Right now, I would the idea of talking to them again, like, terrifies me because <laughs> right. I'm just like, God, I can't think of anything more boring. Yeah. But, like, at the time, like, I was about that life, you know, I was about that super religious mm. life and stuff like that. The idea that you were looking for meaning and they were giving you that direction, they were walking mm. the walk, they were, mm. they, they were showing that integrity to you, all of that to mm. me, mm. strikes as leadership quality. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, so definitely. for sure. And that's kind of what I was trying to get yeah, at, is yeah, that, yeah. like, yes, the, you know, even in your microcosm, you do get influenced by people. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and that, you know, and and I guess that's, I mean, just circling back, mm. that's kind of, I guess, what people are trying to look for in political candidates or, yeah, or people Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that idea that they yeah. can... 
they're, they're, they're following somebody that walks the walk. But I, but I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you, you get what I'm getting at? I totally get what you're yeah. getting at, but I think also, like, what we're seeing in America now, like, the love of Trump... Well, look, it's so easy to make fun of it. Like, it's... Yeah, the guy's a pig. First mm-hmm. minute. But what they're also... Those people that are supporting them are also saying when they say, let's make America great again, they're saying a million things. They're saying a lot of racist things. They're saying like, But they're also saying, we're tired of politics, is what they're also saying. Yeah. This... This has not worked for us, mm. is what they're saying as well. We're not, we don't want to vote for the status quo and the person that represents everything that hasn't worked for us in the past. Yeah. So I think it's... I don't know, sometimes I think it's important to kind of look at, like, Trump supporters as more than just freaks. Like, to be very honest with you. I, I think one thing that uh, would probably you would have probably seen was... The um, the SNL sketch, the um, the Black Jeopardy thing. Have you seen? I haven't that yet? seen it yet. No, oh, it is amazing. Yeah, it's like, Tom Hanks, so right? Well yeah, done. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, not to spoil it too much for mm. you, but you know, when you actually watch it, but the one thing that it highlights is that, and, and it's just so brilliantly executed, mm. is that Trump supporters. You take the racist stuff out of it. Trump mm. supporters actually have a lot in common with. Uh, with you know, with black people, with with Latinos, yeah, with with, with even like people like us who right. want to see things change, and, and you know, yeah. and because they can see the the the, the institutionalized oppression, mm. they mm. can see that you know, and, and there are and there are commonalities there. Now you mm. know, it's that idea that you know, um, I can't remember who said it um, that uh, that poor white people have more to, more in common with black people than they do with rich people. And they don't realize that. And they don't they get don't it. They don't realize that, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it's just so well executed that, yeah, and, and as you said... I'll definitely watch it when I get on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, um... Yeah, that's the thing. You can't just treat them like idiots because they yeah. are... They are lashing out, um, misguided as it might be, they are lashing out at, at the, the status quo that they've yeah, had to put up with. exactly. Like, the system doesn't work for them. So they're going to vote for the guy who's like, I'm not a part of the system. The system's this and that. Of course they're going to, like... There's not a lot that separates us, to be very honest with you. Um, that's why a lot of people that voted Trump are all... Like, a lot of them were like, what's your second choice after Trump? And they were like, Bernie Sanders. You know? Because he... It was a vote for the game... It's a vote for the game changer. It's a vote for... Usurping... What we know. Yeah. And that's why I think... Even when it comes to leadership, I think we have very standard notions of what it is. And, like, even... I think even the entire premise of this podcast initially... Of this particular podcast initially was, like... Why don't we see individual leaders that are rising up and, you know... People that can get the people into a consensus and who can, like, get the people to, you know... Engage in change, etc., etc. I think neo-leadership looks more like Black Lives Matters, mm. and I think neo-resistance looks a lot like Anonymous, and I think that might be the way of the future. I don't think there's going to be a Malcolm X under which the rest of us are, or a Gandhi under the which the rest of us are. I think there might be mini-versions of those, and like people getting a text and going out into the streets And to be and honest, stuff. when you think about all the great leaders... Mm. 
they were killed pretty quickly and their movements, I mean, obviously not the civil rights mm-hmm. movement, but, you know, their direct movements are, are in, affected tremendously when, you know, their their figurehead, their leader is taken down. And, mm-hmm. and we all know that, you know, conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, are going to go have a, will always have a field day. But yeah. yes, to maintain the status quo, mm. those in power will do anything, you know, it is for them, by all means necessary, continue with the mm. status quo. So I, I agree with you. I, I would like to think that a Black Lives Matter movement mm. is not going to to be taken down so easily. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously your, your anonymous is like, they, they know that they can strike some fear into the hearts of those that are in control because, you know, they, they have that ability to, mm. to, to hurt them where, you know, hit them where it hurts. So mm. there's a power in the multitude. Like, yeah. you know, Shelley, the poet said, yeah, many, they are few. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, there are more of us than there are them, and our power lies in our expansiveness, as opposed to like you know what they did. Like, look, they killed Gandhi, they freaking killed King, they killed Malcolm X, they killed them all. They killed them you know? all. That's like, because it's 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 easier to like it's just when when all that power is concentrated in a person, they know they can take the wind out of their sails by like eradicating that person. So maybe a more sustainable way of leadership in the future looks like the multitude. Yeah. Maybe we... Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe this is what change looks like now. One can hope. Maybe this is what leadership is now. We One all have can to, hope. Or we all have to take the responsibility of being leaders. As opposed to waiting for, like, a messiah-like character to, Stop like... Stop sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, like, maybe we need to take steps in our own lives to kind of, you know... Yeah. To embody the people that we're, like, kind of waiting for to show up. But, yeah, I think we've come to some kind of conclusion. Which is nice. Which is good, because I didn't think of that, actually, yeah, prior to, like, true. being in this car. And, and I think, yeah, I think... I'm actually really happy with that. I actually didn't think about that until now. So, yeah, we came to some conclusion. Maybe you disagree with us. If so, please. Yell at us, for the love of please. God. Please. Like, okay, we, we got no email from our last podcast. I feel like we have to go full Trump to get people to email oh, us. Um, the email address is themincepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you think about what we talked about today. I definitely think we digressed and meandered quite a bit, but we yep. still kind of made some solid points. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you agree with us? Is that what leadership looks like in the future? Are we... We're not waiting for, like, Neo from The Matrix. We're actually, like... We're, we're more like a whole bunch of, like... What's the name of the agent? What's... Agent Jesus? Smiths. So. Are we all just, agent, like, good agent Smiths? Maybe that's what it needs to be. Who knows? Who knows? But, like, email us and let us and let us know. Um, the mince podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Please email us. The last person that emailed us was Kurt. I know, right? And Kurt sent, us, sent an email to me specifically. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was telling me I'm a funny comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kurt. You're the best, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but also, like, um, on Sa- we're on SoundCloud, obviously. Um, mm. SoundCloud.com. Slash the dash mince dash podcast. We're on Facebook, the mince podcast. Please like us. Um, no new likes since our last podcast, sadly. Um, but you know, please like guys, share us, tell other people about us. 
whatever. If you feel we're worthy of it. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to force you to do anything like a dictatorial system <laughs> of government. Or um, would we? <laughs> but, um, you know, like us on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm the opening salvo. I'm also on Twitter. The opening salvo. Um, that's about it. I don't really use Snapchat, so don't bother. Um, T-Bone, what are your deets, man? I am DJ underscore cashless on Instagram and Twitter. And, uh, we've done well. That's about it. Wow. We, yeah, I'm sure you're going to have to edit quite a bit of this, T-Bone. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, I think we're going to, I think it's about time we had maybe a guest on the show. It's yeah, been a while. definitely. Um, I will endeavor to make that happen. Let's see if we can find some people. Yeah, it's, uh, maybe uh, I, it was suggested to me that we ha- we lighten up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, we've been pretty heavy lately. But, like, yeah, look, you know what? I don't really apologize for it. Exactly. we got to talk about some shit. Eat a bag of white dicks. <laughs> um, you notice how I didn't actually use that? Like, you know, I, was, I was looking at that going, do we really need to put out dicks I insisted there? on, like, yeah. the last podcast having the word dick in it yeah. in some capacity, but T-Bone uh, trumped me. <laughs> I wouldn't say trumped. Because this Trump, is a dictatorial... Trump, Trump would have actually put the dicks in there, and there would have been... Dicks. I love them. I love the dicks. <laughs> um... But yeah, yo, hit us up, holler at us. Um, that's been us for this week. You'll be hearing from us again in a fortnight. And you know what? Pencil it in. There's going to be a special guest next All time. Right, Don't know who it is as yet, but I'm going to hit up a whole bunch of people. Awesome. We're going to see what happens. Um, but yeah, T Bone, tell them what's up. Please invite us to your party. Please invite us to your party. See you later, guys. Later. I must emphasize at the outstart that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is not a politician. So I'm not here this afternoon as a Republican, nor as a Democrat. Not as a Mason, nor as an Elf. Not as a Protestant, nor a Catholic. Not as a Christian, nor a Jew. Not as a Baptist, nor a Methodist. In fact, not even as an American. Because if I was an American, the problem that confronts our people today wouldn't even exist. So I have to stand here today as what I was when I was born, a black man. Before there was any such thing as a Republican or a Democrat, we were black. Before there was any such thing as a Mason or an Elk, we were black. Before there was any such thing as a Jew or a Christian, we were black people. In fact, before there was any such place as America, we were black. And after America has long passed from the scene, there will still be black people. I'm going to tell you like it really is. 
Every election year, these politicians are sent up here to pacify. They're sent here and set up here by the white man. This is what they do. They send drugs in Harlem down here to pacify us. They send alcohol down here to pacify us. They send prostitution down here to pacify us. Why, you can't even get drugs in Harlem without the white man's permission. You can't get prostitution in Harlem without the white man's permission. You can't get gambling in Harlem without the white man's permission. Every time you break the seal on that liquor bottle, that's a government seal you're breaking. Oh, I say it, I say it again, you've been had. You've been took. You've been hoodwinked. Bamboozled. Let us stray. Run amok. This is what he does.